Good morning. Is that on? There. Hey, hey, there we are. Morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. We've been doing this song a couple, uh, couple weeks in a row now. Uh, the words will be printed up on the screen. Please feel free to join us in singing uh, if, you, if you just feel led to. Thank you.
good morning. I am not going to sing, but we do welcome you here this morning. We're glad that you're here to worship with us at Boiling Springs Baptist. I'm going to ask Gail Hamrick to uh, come forward as she talks about our deacon elections. We are glad that each of you are here for worship today. This morning we are uh, electing our deacons to serve for the 2023 term. Our ushers will be coming forward with ballots for our church members. You may vote for up to five. You don't have to vote for five. You can vote for one to five. Uh, I hope you've been prayerfully considering the list of people who were willing to have their name put on the ballot and willing to serve if elected.
Our hymn of praise this morning is hymn number seven, Worthy of Worship. If you are able, please stand and join in singing number seven. invite the children who are not already down here to come forward and join us for lesson on the steps all right everybody got a seat what's in this box is this a box you sure what are we going to put in this box a hundred what a hundred toys 
Well, that's a good thing for the box. What else might we do with the box? Um, put some, Wait a minute. Put some 100 free fish in there. 100 free fish. Do you think 100 free fish will go in this box? Well, what if we needed to use this box as a hat? Is that what it's made for? No, it's not. Is it made to go in the water and float? No, it's not. It's made for putting uh, stuff in. Putting stuff in, that's exactly right. And make it out of paper. Made out of paper. So we're going to put the lid back on the box. You want to help me there? Okay. All right, Alexander, help me put the lid on. Okay, everybody help. All right, now, I'm going to make Liza and Piper keeper of the box. You hold on to the box, okay? All right, I want to read you a, a scripture out of my Bible. Okay? Sort of a story, yeah. The, the scripture is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know I have plans for you. Plans for good advice. What kind of plans does God have for you? What does God want you to do? Um, be nice, exactly. And you want to be nice for Santa. Oh, are we already on Santa? Oh my goodness. That might be a different story. We're on. We're on the next page. We're on the next page of getting ready for Santa. Okay. All right. One second. One, one second. One second. All right, Liza, you're supposed to be keeping up with my box here. We've all found ourselves. Yes. We have all found ourselves. Everybody see yourself, and then we're going to stop waving. Okay? All right. Sit back down. All right. We're done. <laughs> See, I have plans for all of you. I have plans for you to grow up and be good stewards of God's love. Where's God's love? In our heart. Okay, we're done. We've seen ourselves. God has a purpose for you. Just like God has a purpose for our box. He wants you to be nice, remember? Not just because Santa's around the corner. No. God doesn't want you to be nice? Yes, he does. He wants you to come to church and to love and to take care of everybody. Okay, we've seen ourselves. We're going to have to not do this. All right. Turn around and let me look at you. Let me see your eyes. There you go. Let me see your eyes, Julian. Julian, all right. All right, God's purpose for us is to do good things, to be nice, to be kind, to be thoughtful. He has a purpose. And as we grow, we do that more and more and more. Just like the purpose of the box is to fill it up with toys or something other than, shh. All right. So when you go to school or daycare, remember you need to be thoughtful and loving. Put God in your heart as you always do every day. 
Yes, Piper. Let's pray. Let us pray, hands together. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for energy. In your children, it is abound. But it's their love of you that comes forward. They know you, Lord. They know you're in their heart. And they know that each step and each day, you have a purpose for them. Thank you, Lord, for the joy that they feel for life each day, for this church, for this family, and for the love that you give us to be a family. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I've said before, you guys pray for Ellen. She's got a, she's got a big job here. Uh, but uh, we appreciate what she, what she offers to the ministry of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. Let me again say welcome. We are glad that you're here today. If you're with us for the first time, I would be delighted to have an opportunity to meet you. I'll be in the vestibule following the service and would love the opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. In your bulletin, there is a section that I've mentioned now for a few weeks uh, on the tear out. It says BSBC cup of cold water. If you are here and you are willing to help maybe with a ministry need within our church, within our community, and you are willing to drive someone to the doctor or maybe pick up groceries or do something else for someone, uh, you can check a box or you can write down what you would be willing to do and tear that off, place that in the offering plate. But we've been updating this and we're going to continue to do this for just a few more weeks uh, to uh, receive those updates. And so uh, we very much appreciate that. Each week at this time for pastoral prayer, uh, we have some weeks many things to celebrate and other weeks many uh, very personal and, and painful prayer concerns to share. But this week is one where we have something big to celebrate. And uh, we want to celebrate this morning with Charles and Daphne Bridges on 65 years of marriage. They're sitting down front with some family, but congratulations. I told Charles this morning, you might as well stick it out, Daphne. This has gone this long. You guys were married 20 years before I was born. <laughs> oh, I, I need to stop. Okay, I got the word from Daphne. I need to stop. Cut it out. Well, we're glad you're here and family welcome. We are uh, grateful to be able to celebrate with you on this special day. Um, we do have some good news as well for Pete White. And I asked Margaret if I could share, but he is no longer on chemo and received a good report. So we rejoice with Pete and with you this morning, Margaret, in that. But as we do each week, obviously have prayer concerns. And so uh, let me just share quickly. We need to be in prayer for Gene Cox. He is home. He spent some time in the hospital this week. I'm not going to offer any other details, but just be in prayer for Gene at this time. And then also for the family of Anna Whitaker in the passing of her uh, father, Ray Crow. And uh, we want to remember this family. And we know of others this morning that are going through a time of loss or going through a difficult season of life right now for whatever reason. It could be this morning that maybe you're here and you're just in need of some direction. And so I hope and pray that through the worship songs, through the scripture and the sermon this morning, and ultimately through the spirit of the Lord, that he would speak to your heart and help you with a sense of clarity about whatever you may be faced with. Will you go with me now in prayer? God, we thank you for another opportunity to gather together in your name. As we think about the fact that you are worthy of worship, worthy of honor and praise, as the song has reminded us. We're reminded that, uh, Lord, across the ages and the generations that you have guided, not only the people in this room, but your people, even the people that um, 
dealt with the wilderness, and you've assured us of your presence, and you've assured us of a home in heaven. This morning we ask that you would strengthen us along the way, along the journey, that we might not neglect our call to serve, our call to serve you here in the here and now and in the cities and the towns where we live. Help us to trust in your unfailing presence amid our fears. Grant us wisdom to discern your way in this world, even as we hope for the next. Bless and heal those who are suffering, God, at this hour. Comfort and be a companion to those who are lonely and those who grieve. Bless our time in this place today. Encourage those who need and need this today. Lord, provide directions for others who are seeking it. Convict us all of sin in our lives that may or that does hinder our relationship with you. And help our hearts and our minds to be open for a fresh word from you today. Oh God, how we long to hear your voice speak to us at the point of our need today. Speak, Lord, so that your children may listen. That we may listen to all you have to say. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn is hymn number 674, All Who Love and Serve Your City. 674. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
<clears throat> Before I pray this morning, um, I want to read a scripture from Mark 12, 41 through 44. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make up a penny. He called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing. For they contributed out of their abundance, but she out of poverty has put in everything that she had to live on. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the blessings that you bestow upon us all. I pray for our congregation this morning that we will all give with gladness and sincerity. And Father, thank you for giving us the opportunity to meet together in your house to worship you. We thank you for your love and mercy on us. Father, we experience your blessings every day and they're always given to us freely with love. You loved us all the way to the cross. So may we love you enough to give back what is already yours. And Father, use this for your kingdom and glory. For we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. He's all you'll ever need oh. 
Wow. There was only one thing missing from that really good song. And you almost had it, and, and it started right here a little bit, but a little bit of swaying would have been good. Amen? <laughs> a little bit of swaying. And it started, it almost happened. I saw it. It, it almost happened. But a little bit of rocking back and forth. Maybe we can do that again sometime and add that in there. But um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. I could not be more excited about the message this morning and where we are headed for the next few moments. And I invite you to join me in my excitement and join me in the message that I feel like God has for us as a church body this morning. We'll be reading from Jeremiah 29. In case you ever wonder why I have my Bible here and sometimes read out of my notes, the scripture is that I am reading what you are seeing on the screen and I want to make sure that we're on the same page. However, you may have your own translation, which is great, uh, but I just try to uh, help us there in, in being on the same page. So I print out the scripture here and read it and then go back to it with some notes that I have in my Bible uh, as we go through our time together this morning. But Jeremiah chapter 29, uh, Ellen mentioned one of the verses that is known from Jeremiah 29, 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declareth the, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. And so that passage is here today, but the context of that is so vitally important to our time this morning. Jeremiah 29, beginning at verse one, these are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priest and the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconi and the queen mother, the court officials and leaders of Judah in Jerusalem, the artisans and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elisha, the son of Shaphan and Jeremiah, or Jemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom King Zedekiah of Judah sent to Babylon to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Okay, we'll get, now that we've gotten through the hard names, here's, here's the letter in verse four. It said, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So these people are not at home. They're in a different land. And Jeremiah sends them word of the Lord in verse five. He says, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. In verse seven, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying in you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. They are false prophets. That was Keith's words. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. May God add his blessing to the reading and to the preaching of his word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I wanna ask you a question as we begin our time this morning. How many of you have throughout life, you don't need to raise your hands, but think about this, have found yourself wishing or dreaming for something better 
or maybe it's just simply something different. If we're not careful in doing that, we can wish our life away. Examples. A young teenager may wish for the day that he or she is 16 and miss out on what God may have to offer during those young teenage years. A 16-year-old may wish for those times when they're 18 and new freedoms and are found and maybe they go off to college or move away from the home. And if they're not careful, they can miss out on what God would have for them in those later teenage years. As we get older, some wish to be married, some wish to have children. Uh, it may be that to bring it down or take it away from age, but it may be that some that are, in, that are in school or college may say, I wish I had a different teacher. I'll be glad next semester when I don't have, so I'm sure that's, that's no teachers that are in this room, I know, because all our teachers are wonderful. But it could be that maybe in your place of employment, you know, I wish I had a different boss. I wish this was different at my church. I wish this was different in my community. I wish this was different in my world. And if we're not careful, what invariably, we, what will happen is we will look back and see that we've wasted time wishing our lives away, wishing that things would be different, wishing that things would be better. We have a timely message, church, from the prophet Jeremiah. One of, he is my uh, favorite Old Testament prophet. There are multiple sermons and multiple messages that I love throughout the book of Jeremiah. But let me give us a little bit of history. First of all, this is what we have going on today. We have the people in exile, and if you read back in chapter 28, they're wishing that their time in exile in Babylon, they've been taken captive by uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, they're now under his rule, and they are wishing that things were different. And they were wishing that things would change relatively soon. They've had some false prophets back in chapter 28 that were telling them, oh, we'll only be here a year or two. You're only going to be here for a short time. You know, just wait it out. And so they're sitting on the front porch and they're not getting involved in their city. They're not getting involved in their community that, that, that they are now founding themselves in. And they're waiting because things are going to end soon. But that's not what Jeremiah's message is. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. But before we get there, Jeremiah, again, he's one of my favorite prophets in the Old Testament. I would say Isaiah would certainly be at the top of the list for Old Testament prophets. But Jeremiah is up, up near the top for many of us. And Jeremiah was called to preach judgment to the nation of Judah for over 40 years. Every day he had uh, uh, messages from the Lord in different ways, unique ways of communicating these messages to the people about why they should repent. And he, he would give them illustrations about how they've turned from the Lord and how they should turn back to God. And so every day he did this, and every day the people did not listen. He did this for over 40 years. And following these years, his predictions came true. He worked out a um, peace treaty with Babylon. Instead of, instead of fighting, he, I say, counseled a, a surrender with them. And because of the lack of repentance among the people of Judah, they were taken captive. And the first exiled group has now went into Babylon. Jeremiah remained in Jerusalem, in which today he writes the letter that he does. The intro into this context, or into this context of wishing that things were different, God sends them some advice in the form of a letter through the prophet Jeremiah. And so let's go back to the scripture and look at it this morning. In, in the first verse of Jeremiah 29, Again, these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders in exile, the priest and the prophets 
and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. What we find in the next two verses remind us that it was the elite, it was the educated, it was those in the high society in in many ways, if you will, that were taken. The the thought of of King Nebuchadnezzar was if we take the elite, we take the educated, uh, the, the rest of the people who remain, at least at this point, are docile, we've taken their effective leaders, and what are they gonna do? And so that was Nebuchadnezzar's thinking in doing what he did. So the first wave of exiles have, are now in uh, Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar. And in verse four, we get the message from the Lord. And it's not King Nebuchadnezzar, again, that's taken the people into exile, but God himself had his hand in what was happening with his people. You and I, we've talked about this a lot on Sunday mornings. We don't often understand what is happening to us and among us. We don't always see the big picture. We have to trust in God's sovereignty and that God has a plan and a purpose that he is working out. And sometimes we get the blessing of knowing what that is, and other times we simply do not. Here in verse 4, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So it makes it clear that God has sent them into exile. But he says this to a people wanting something temporary. He has a message that I'm sure they didn't want to hear. He said to build houses and live in them. No temporary shacks, no temporary dwellings, but build a house and live in it. Plant gardens and eat their produce. And if you do that, you're going to be there for a while, right? Take wives and become the fathers and the sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters and husbands that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do not decrease. And then in verse 7, you would think that exiled people, if we were sent to another city, that our heart's not going to be in that city. Our heart's not, we're not going to want to do a lot for that city. So God speaks through Jeremiah in this letter and he says, seek the welfare of the city. And the word welfare is also translated shalom. Some of you have heard that word before. It means peace, means the well-being of a community or of an individual. Seek the shalom of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will have welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams in which they dream. So back in chapter 28, again, he's saying, don't listen to the prophets, those who say they are from God, who are telling you this is going to be a short stay. He's reminding them it is not. Be prepared. Get settled in. Build your house. Plant your garden. Go ahead and send your your sons and your daughters off to be married because this is not going to end soon as you would like for it to. In verse 10, thus says the Lord, we move from this idea, this counsel of the present to this idea of the future. And in verse 10, for thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and will fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare, your shalom, and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I'm going to read verse 14. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and you will gather and will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you since they are now in exile again, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. A strong message for the people of Israel who were in a place they did not want to go in a place they did not want to be, a place they were hoping they could quickly exit 
And God, through Jeremiah, has another message. So the question, what is God saying to Bowling Springs Baptist Church about what we are to be doing? We're in a current sermon series about what disciples do. We could have a sermon about that every Sunday, excuse me, for, for weeks or for months and still not cover everything that we would want to cover. But Jeremiah, I propose to you that Jeremiah's letter is as relevant today as it was for the people of Israel. What are we to be doing based upon what we have just read? There's three things that I just want to mention and share with you this morning. Number one, God is telling the people of Israel and you and I today to bloom where we're planted, to bloom where we're planted. The people were in exile and they wanted to go home. Jeremiah sends a strong message to make the best of the here and now, to build houses, to plant gardens, to send your sons and your daughters out to be married. Church, there are many things about the Christian past that the present American church is missing and that we're longing for. But sitting around pining for the days of old will not make it reappear. Longing for days gone by will not get the job done that God is calling you and I to do today, right here in our city, in our town. Jeremiah challenges the people to embrace where they are and find ways to be faithful, find ways to be fruitful in the here and the now. Jeremiah wanted them, and God wants us today, to make the most of our present circumstances. We should not live in the past, but at the same time, we recognize that the future has not yet come. That doesn't mean that we spend all of our time planning for the future or dwelling in the past, but we must live in the present. God is sending this strong message through Jeremiah to the people of God who are in exile. The people of Israel were called to make God's way of life evident where they were in their present context. To not waste the present by wishing for the future again or living in the past. God was telling them and us today to not wait for the next stage or phase of life to begin living for him. There's a strong challenge for the people of God in exile to live for God today. Not only is God telling us to bloom where we're planted, but he's also saying this as well in verse 7, to seek the welfare, to seek the shalom the well-being, the peace, the wholeness of the city or the place where God has placed you. Immediately we read after he says to seek the welfare of the city, in verse 7 it says, um, pray to the Lord on its behalf for its welfare, you will have your welfare. Pray for King Nebuchadnezzar, pray for Babylon, pray for the place where you have sent us that does not acknowledge you as God. Are you kidding me? And yet that's the message that God is sending through Jeremiah to the people in exile to seek the welfare of city. And then, and then he says again, pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its shalom, you will have your shalom. Jesus would later flesh out this paradigm shift that Jeremiah is recommending. Jesus would show us in the flesh what it looks like to love your enemies. In Matthew 5, verse 43 and 44, he says this, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus' words echo exactly what God is asking of the Israelites in our text today. Pray for them, not that they may succeed in their goals of harming us, but pray so that together we may flourish. 
So goes Babylon, so goes us. We're going to be here for a while. I said before, and I have witnessed in my own life the relationship between prayers and our actions. And I want to explain what I mean by this. When I've gone on mission trips or when I go out to visit someone here as pastor, uh, maybe somebody in the church or somebody in our community that is in need of prayer, in need of a, a minister to visit, um, at times I have prayed for that individual or that situation long before I've arrived. Other times it's something that I may not have been that aware of, but I find myself now visiting with someone or helping out in an environment where I later leave that environment. And now, since I am knowledgeable and educated about that environment, I now begin praying about the situation that I was just, I just became aware of. And so let me back up. What I just said was our prayers and our actions go hand in hand. So sometimes, again, before going to Guatemala, I did pray for the people of Guatemala. But now that I've been to Guatemala, I've met people in Guatemala, I am now praying more for the people that I have a relationship with in Guatemala. Sometimes it is our prayers that will lead us to act. Because I am praying for someone in our community, someone in our church family, I will begin to do things to help out that situation. God, um, his spirit speaks to me in the sense that because I'm praying, God says, I wanna use you to help in this situation, so Keith, you go. And then other times, it's our actions. It's because I've acted, it's because I've done something that I now begin praying for that someone or situation that I'm involved in. And so we see here, as God is telling the people in exile to seek the welfare, that's, that's an action verb, that's something that they have to be doing to seek the welfare of the city. And he's now saying, by the way, also pray for them as well. Because it's, there's this underlying message that our prayers lead to action and our actions lead to prayers. It's kind of this cross-pollinating thing that's going on here in the passage. The last two weeks, I've been praying about what God would have us to be doing as Bowling Springs Baptist Church. I'm grateful that many of you have uh, uh, initiated those conversations with me or in, we've been in environments, whether one-on-one -on -one or in small groups, where we've been asking ourselves that question, what would God have us to be doing as Bowling Springs Baptist Church? I can't fully answer all of the details related to that question. But this week, I found myself, uh, again, as we think about seeking the welfare, the shalom, the peace of our city and our community, um, I was led to begin organizing something that you may have seen on your screens before uh, service this morning and is in your bulletin uh, as well. But on October the 27th, it will be the last Sunday of this current sermon series, What Disciples Do. And we've just simply called it Local Missions Day. And you'll notice that the O in the word missions is the symbol for Boiling Springs Town. It's got the four pictures that are, that are in the town there. But on that day, we will begin service at 1055 like we normally do. And then 1130 that day, the plan is to have several different mission projects that we begin to become involved in on October the 27th. In the morning service, we will have our in-gathering for state missions. You'll be hearing more about that next Sunday. But so on that morning, we'll begin with a missions focus in the service with our in-gathering offering. At 1130, we'll dismiss and the church family will be asked and encouraged to participate in a lot of different mission projects. Those projects we'll have uh, in somewhat more detail next Sunday and begin signing up people for those. There'll be a coordinator for each project and they'll communicate with you about ways that you can be involved and help and serve. And so at the end of that day, at the conclusion of that day, we have a fish fry, which benefits our local food pantry. So the whole day on October 27th will be about missions. And it will serve as a way for us to flesh out this idea of what disciples do. 
We all know that it's more than just one Sunday of activity, one Sunday of missions. We all know that. But nevertheless, it's a way for us to come together as a church, as a unified body, collectively serving our Lord, serving the people who have needs both within our church and within our community together as one. And so this will take place on October the 27th. And I'm grateful for, again, for many of the conversations that I've been having with some of you about ways we can serve. And so I hope on this day, not only are we serving those within our church, those within our community, but we're also talking about ways that we can do this on a more regular basis as well. Ways that we can strengthen existing ministries and maybe new ministries that need to begin here uh, to help reach our and, and pursue the shalom of our city and the shalom of our town known as Boiling Springs. The last word for us this morning is found in verse 11. And that is, in God, we do have a hope and a future. In God, we have a hope and a future. Jeremiah is reminding the Israelites that God is with them. And God is saying the same thing to us today, that he is with us. When life is hard and when we feel like we're not yet where we need to be, when the world brings evil our way, God's ultimate plan for us is our good. So if you're here this morning and you feel like the exiled children of Israel and you're not yet where God wants you to be, know that God is with you now. He is your hope for the future, and he is calling you to make the best of the here and now. I want to close with a word. Uh, I told you there's, Jeremiah means a lot to me, and I want to close with a word from Jeremiah chapter 20. In Jeremiah chapter 20, Jeremiah had been preaching to the people of Judah, and they weren't listening. It's kind of like talking to a wall. I don't know, anybody ever feel that way? You know, you're just talking, talking, talking. Just, it's just getting through. Don't, don't nudge your spouse right now. That, that wouldn't be a good idea. But, but you're talking, you're, you're preaching, you're, you know, you're, you're, and, and the message that is not getting through. And Jeremiah felt like that. Matter, matter of fact, Jeremiah was, was discouraged. Jeremiah, it was an understatement to say that Jeremiah wanted to quit, throw in the towel, whatever expression you wanted to use. He's basically telling God, I'm done. But before those words could be uttered out of his mouth, he said, I can't. He said, your word is in me like a consuming fire. Shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. And indeed, I cannot. As we move forward serving God in the here and now, seeking the welfare of our community, I pray this could be said of us as a church. His word is in us like a consuming fire. And we're weary of holding it in. And indeed, we cannot. Is the fire of God in you this morning? In order for it to be in us, it must be in you. If you're waiting for an ideal time for that fire to be rekindled, that time is now. I don't have to be the one to tell you when we look at the news and read the news, however you receive the news, that as our world is in desperate need of the church seeking to make the welfare or the shalom of the city more evident in our daily lives. Today is the time. We're always looking. We wish things were better. We wish this were better. We wish this would happen. And we wish this and we wish that. Before we know it, we can be later in life and realize that we've been doing a lot of wishing and we haven't been doing what we need to be doing to pursue the welfare or the shalom of our city. Is that fire within your bones this morning? And if it is, what are we doing to seek the shalom of our city? What are ways that God has gifted you and me and us together as a church to serve, 
the talents and the skills and the abilities within this church family with us all moving in the same direction will be talked about all over the country if we come together and allow that fire to burn within us and move forward in the same direction with God and with one another together. God is calling you and I to seek the welfare of our city. He has given us a future and a hope, but we live right now in the here and now. If you're here this morning and maybe that fire is not present, there is no day like the present to allow God, to ask God, to rekindle that fire within you. If you've never experienced that fire, I would love more than anything to talk with you about what it means to know Jesus Christ, to experience forgiveness of sin, and to live in his presence and walk with him daily. There's a lot of things about life that we simply don't understand, that we can't answer about why God, things ha- why things happen the way they do, and these are uh, in the hands of our sovereign God. But he's calling you and I today to trust him. And he's calling you and I to walk with him. We can celebrate the past and we can be hopeful and plan for the future. But he's called you and I to live amid the here and now today. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that when we read it, it challenges us and it moves us and it it convicts us and it inspires us, it encourages us. There's so many different things that your word can do. God, we're thankful for the prophet Jeremiah. We're thankful for his faithfulness and his obedience to you. And Lord, we're thankful for this letter that he was faithful to write to the exiled children in Babylon. Lord, many of us here today may not feel like we know all the answers or we're exactly where we need to be or we're wishing things were different in some way. But Father, help us to seek your face and help us to live life fully in the present. Help us to live life fully in the here and now and to make the best of our present day circumstances and situations. And Father, as we do that, help us to also seek the welfare of our town and our community. Father, we love you. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, like I said, I would love more than anything to talk with you about that and how you can begin today a new life in Christ. If you're here today and you desire membership at Bowling Springs Baptist, I would love to talk with you and and pray with you this morning. Let's stand and sing. We're going to sing a great hymn that is not in your hymnal, I believe. Am I right? But it's on the screen. Uh, Have faith in God. Let's stand and sing together.
Amen. I'm going to ask you to be seated for just a brief moment. And at this time, I'm going to recognize uh, Max Hamrick with the word from the Finance Committee. And following him, I have a brief announcement about deacons and then our closing benediction. The Finance Committee met this past week to start working on the 2020 budget. At first, we looked at the 19 budget and it was a little bit disturbing. I want to share some numbers with you. The first eight months of this year, the church did not meet budget any time. Now there were individual Sundays that we met the budget. And by saying that, I'm dividing the budget by 52 weeks. Currently it's $12,190, I think, per Sunday to meet our budget. September 15, we were just shy of $40,000 short of our budget. And we'd already taken out $20,000 out of a reserve fund that's been dwindling for the last number of years. That 20,000 is exactly half of what we started with January 1. So to make up this deficit, the next 15 weeks remaining in this year, that would increase our weekly contributions to 14,790. Pretty good task, but, and we do not send out quarterly contribution statements, but I want all of us to go home and make our own contribution statement. And then prayerfully consider what the Lord's will is with what we find. Thank you, Max, and thank you, Finance Committee, for your hard work as they, I know, met for a while this week and to talk about some of those things. Let me announce this, uh, you know, today we voted for five of 10 or elected five new deacons of the 10 names that were mentioned. Those five uh, deacons for the 2023 term are Ed Beeson, Lee Bryson, Joel Dobbins, Cliff Hamrick, and Jamie Nolan. If you will um, speak an encouraging word to them, and um, these are all good names, but Ed Beeson, Lee Bryson, Joel Dobbins, Cliff Hamrick, and Jamie Nolan. And so they will begin, I guess, January 1st in that new term. Let's close now with our closing benediction. God, we are thankful that you know the plans that you have for us, plans to prosper us, plans to give us hope and a future. Amen. God bless. Have a great Sunday.